We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Dude, published when she was 74 years old, 2020. Can you believe that? She's awesome. I like her. She is a cool, cool lady. I thought you'd like this one. Now, you've shared in the past that sometimes like you're like with poetry i'm not sure i understand it sometimes like how easy was this one to understand very easy and i've been wrapping my head around this of why was this one so different than some of the other poetry right and i think it's two things this is if correct me if i'm wrong is this considered free form or something like that right but there's no like the the structure is open-ended it, it's not like the rules of other types of poetry correct yeah i mean i think this one's a little bit more fluid but also it's i mean it's literally called vote <laughs> and i think it's something that's very relevant to us too right like some of the poetry we've read has been from a hundred plus years ago this was from two years ago from at the time of recording this right like we were involved in this voting process literally and that's the exact other point so not only what i thought was easy to follow because there were no specific rules it was just like reading anything for me it was very relevant, and I feel like this was relatable to me because I lived through this. It was something that I experienced. It's something that I try to teach my students of, hey, if you don't like something that's going on in our state, our country, your power is to vote or run for public office yourself. And so that that was something that was really big for me. So I really enjoyed this one. And we got a quote from the Washington Informer. It says, I don't care who you vote for, Giovanni said. Just vote because there's not a person on that stage who hasn't lied or done something. They did something against us. So I, <laughs> I think it's emotional, right? I, and I think you can feel that when you read this story. So let's, let's go through the poem and then have a quick discussion on it here. It's not a hug, nor mistletoe at Christmas. It's not a colored egg at Easter, nor a bunny hopping across the meadow. It's a vote. Saying you are a citizen. Though it sometimes is chocolate, or sometimes vanilla, it can be female or a male. It is right or left. I can agree or disagree, but, and this is an important but, I am a citizen. I should be able to vote from prison. I should be able to vote from the battlefield. I should be able to vote when I get a driver's license. I should be able to vote when I can purchase a gun. I must be able to vote. If I'm in the hospital, if I'm in the old folks' home, if I'm needing a ride to the polling place, I am a citizen. I must be able to vote. Folks were lynched. Folks were shot. Folks' communities were gerrymandered. Folks who believed in the Constitution were lied to, burned out, bought, and sold because they agreed all men were equal. Folks vote to make us free. It's not cookies nor cake, but it is the icing that is so sweet. Good for the folks. Good for us couple of times that you gave me goosebumps great job <laughs> it's a powerful one it's good and i like the way it starts off because you're like where's this going because it says it's not a hug nor mistletoe at christmas right 
And I think this is something a lot of people can relate to, right? Like speaking from an American perspective, Christmas is kind of like a big holiday over here where even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you know what Christmas is, you know what it's about, you know that spirit, you know how crazy people get. And you're saying it's, it's not that, right? Like we all know what that is. And then it jumps into more, you know, holidays. It's not a colored egg at Eastern or bunny hopping. And uh, Easter kind of reminds me of rebirth, right? So like we're talking about, okay, what's, what's going to be the new thing? What's the new, what's the new way forward? And I never thought about a vote being kind of like a rebirth of, of re of your options, I guess, in life. For these first two, I guess, kind of like stanzas or whatever, I looked at them and thought, okay, these could be both religiously based if you wanted to at Christmas and Easter. But then I started thinking of, like you said, that you may not celebrate Christmas or Easter, but in an American culture, even if you are practicing another religion, you're still going to relate to this because we have, quote, Christmas or winter break. All the kids are off for school, regardless of their religious beliefs. A lot of times schools are going to get off, you know, Good Friday or Easter Monday. So this has become more of a cultural thing. And I think somewhat, again, a little bit of my opinion, a less of a religious thing in many regards of our, how our society works. And Christmas is very commercialized and it is a lot of times about presents. And I know that upsets some people, but I think that here she's trying to maybe make a point that it doesn't matter your religious beliefs. This is part of the American culture and is just as important as voting is a part of our culture. And then next comes the line, it's a vote. And not only is it just by itself, meaning like a vote, is so strong, it could stand by itself. But then even the word vote is capitalized here, adding like strength to the value and purpose in this poem that votes are such an important thing that they're capitalized and can stand on their own as opposed to all these other sentences that have like a whole bunch of words surrounding them. And being capitalized a lot of times in modern culture means that you're shouting it, you're yelling it, that capitalization is more of an exclamation. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Now, another way, when I think about exclamations, those end sentences, right? You'll notice there's several parts here where she'll end it where the I am a citizen, right? And it just ends like that. After saying there's chocolate, there's vanilla, there's female, there's, there's all these options, right? Almost like you're voting every day, okay? Why not vote on the things that have an impact on society? Like you are a citizen. This is your right to influence society, Okay, influence society. I get that. I, I kind of maybe thought it was literal and it was different races of people. She talks about male and female, so it doesn't matter who you are, what color you are or anything. You should get out and exercise your right to vote. Well, I wonder, too, if you look at the order, right? It says sometimes is chocolate or sometimes vanilla. And that could be flavors, but it also could be metaphorical representation of like the pigmentation of skin. Who was denied rights longer? That would be the African-Americans as opposed to whites, right? Chocolate before vanilla. And you'll notice that she says it can be female or a male. And sure, maybe she chose female because it's a female writer, but also she's also putting female who were marginalized in terms of their ability to vote longer than, than males could, right? So she's putting kind of like the... The, pers the groups that were marginalized first, even in these options first, too, potentially might be another way to look at those options. And I never thought about it. What if all of the descriptors there are not about the person voting, but the politician that they're voting for, saying it, they could be this, they could be that. It doesn't matter. It's important that you just go out and vote. I never thought about that. She might not be talking about the actual citizens there, but the people the citizens are voting for. That's true. 
That's true. And in the next section, it's what keeps people from voting, right? They should be able to vote from prison, from the battlefield, if they have the driver's license, right? If they're in the hospital, the old folks home, there's all these things that can keep you from participating in influencing society. And you should, as a citizen, be able to vote from these places. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talk with my kids all the time about theirs, like why why can we do this but not X, Y, and Z? What who came up with these rules of these age restrictions? Uh, I, the one of the prison one is an interesting one, though. I bet that is something of contention. I took a long, hard thought about that. Of do you lose your right to vote as a citizen if you can't follow the laws of the citizens? All, all around you, right? So like the citizens say, these are the laws that are going to govern our country and you break the laws. Do you give up your right to vote? And, and obviously the answer is yes, but should you? Are you a citizen still at that point, to that point? Because it says right here, I am a citizen. I must be able to vote. And I, I don't know if that is, you know, Giovanni's way of kind of inserting her opinion on the, the matter, perhaps. Yeah, well, and then she goes on to say right after that, that, there was a lot of times when people couldn't vote and that people were killing each other uh, if they did try to vote and that they were trying to stop the vote from happening to individuals through intimidation and, and you know, laws and the gerrymandering and everything and, and goes on to say, hey, you know, we, we've been lied to and pushed down and the only way we're going to fix this is by voting. That's why it's so crucial and important. And please just vote. Right. Right. And you'll notice she starts using the word folks as you talk about, you know, her word choice here with lynching, shot and stuff like that. And people from America know, but perhaps those that are international lynching was a thing in the American South that basically was a way to put power over the marginalized, you know, African-American individuals. And this is all things that kind of made people afraid to vote, to to not be able to participate in society and uh, it was, I think, kind of like an emotional climax, this part for me. Like, these are all the intergenerational trauma things that have been kind of like passed down, in a sense. And then to end it with the folks vote to make us free, I thought was kind of the the emotional high point of the poem for me. Because, you know, she, if you look up some stuff about this poem, I did, because I thought it was rather interesting. She talks about this activist, Fannie Lou Hamer, who was kind of what influenced her to draw this, uh, to, to write this poem. There is the line right before there that was the highlight or one of the emotionally charged points for me was all men were created equal. And I think, why why did she do that? Why, did, why didn't she change it? I mean, obviously she's trying, I don't know, to encourage people to vote. You're saying like, why is she, why didn't she change like the constitution or cause like, do we agree that like, that's a reference to the all men were created equal part? Yeah. I mean, and then she says the constitution later. So yeah, that, that, that was the part that kind of got me. I was like, oh, like she, 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 she used that very specifically for a reason. And, and I don't, because I feel like she changed other things. I don't know. Well, it could be back call back to perhaps the earlier part where there were large groups of individuals who were marginalized and not allowed to vote for a long period of time. And now that it is their turn to be able to vote, this is her call to action. This this is a poem that is urging people to participate in a right that they have as an American citizen. And I like how it kind of comes back to more 
of a positive feeling in the end. Almost like the whole thing is a sandwich. You have the Christmas and Easter at the beginning, and then you have the sweet cakes and <laughs> delicious treats at the very end and the very important stuff in the middle. It was it was a nice kind of sandwich poem. And that was, you asked me at the very beginning, what was, why why was this poem more relatable or what did you get out of this? Why were you able to digest this better? And I think that was too, is I saw for me, the way I was able to interpret this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of rhythm through the the poem of here's something to start you off with a sweet treat. Here's my really serious point, And here's to end off with a sweet treat. So hopefully you'll remember this. And for me, it was, I'm going to remember that I need to vote. And this is important to everybody. Yeah. And it ends with good for the folks, good for us. And I thought that was interesting to have those two final lines because folks earlier referred to the African-American community and like the things that kept them from voting, right? Like folks felt like a very specific call to action to who she was aiming this poem at. And then it says good for us, meaning to me, I took it as this is good for all of us. When we all have a voice, this is healthy for a nation is kind of what I think her viewpoint is in this story. Well, that folks word changes its tone almost. In the beginning, that's all negative. Folks shot, folks lynched, folks, something bad happens to these folks. And now Mm. it's folks for the good, Mm -hmm. folk, you know, good for us. The the, the tonal shift of folks changes there at the very, very end of maybe we're more equal now, but we need to continue pressing forward. How do we do that? Vote. Yeah. Yeah, good poem. I, I I enjoyed this one. I think this is definitely on the more emotional side, which I think is, it says something. And I like how it's, I mean, it's very targeted, you know, coming out in 2020, you know, we're releasing this video on an election day just for the sake of it, that I think it's an important thing to remind people of that this is a power that you have been granted. So you should consider exercising it. Get out there and vote. Register when you're 17 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. My name has been Una. We post videos every Monday and Thursday. Peace out. Peace.